I'm Roy Lee Lindsay with the North Carolina Pork Council, and I want everyone to remember, bacon makes everything better. Wild dogs and hogs right here on the North Carolina Sports Network. It's another week of college football talk with the coach, Jim Collins, and yours truly, Mike Waddell and Jimmy. We're going to unveil a new format this week. We have pregame that leads into the first quarter. Then we'll take a timeout, come back for the second quarter, little halftime show. Then it's the third quarter break, and then fourth quarter, hopefully a big victory celebration will be carrying you off the proverbial field of honor right there on our shoulders. Well, I hope it doesn't exhaust me as we play all those quarters because I'm a, I'm in decent shape, but I'm not in great shape. So you may have to sub for me here a little bit as we move, move, move through this. Well, absolutely. Let's talk about in the pregame segment this week, expectations, patience, win now, cut corners. It seems like those are four different scenarios that are really prevalent in today's version of college football. High expectations, Jimmy, very low patience from fans, and we've seen that from Clemson to North Carolina to Duke over the last few weeks, over the better part of this season for the Tigers. It just keeps getting worse and worse to where Dabo Swinney kind of goes off the reservation because folks want him to win now. And in a lot of cases, like we may be seeing in Michigan and a lot of other places for that matter, people are willing to cut corners to get there. Mike, let me just say this. The, the internal pressure in, in coaching uh, is much stronger than the external pressure because we, we're all as assistant coaches, and the head coaches uh, is one thing, but, but the head coach passes his, his pressure down to you as a staff. Uh, we're, we're all in a position where we need to get our players to play the best they can possibly play. And, and, you know, the one thing, your, your job as an assistant coach is to grow young men. But that, that, that's, that, that's a great statement to make. We're going to grow young men and we're going to build them into great husbands and fathers and do all that stuff, which is very important. But the bottom line is the people out there watching expect you to do what? They expect you to win. And, and, and that's, our, that's our job is to win. Winning is the bottom line. And there is no, there is, there's no accepting anything less than that, especially when you're better than the team that you're playing. We've talked about the use of the transfer portal to get good quick. Florida State right now on offense, nine transfers out of mm -hmm. the starting 11 for the Seminoles. But no school, Jimmy, have we talked about has done anything more with the portal and really blown it up from a PR perspective than our friends in Boulder, the University of Colorado, and Deion Sanders, Coach Prime. They beat TCU. Everybody jumps on the bandwagon. Best thing ever. Hype, yeah, but it's early season college football and everything until October's hype, as we found out you know, readily over the last couple of weeks. But now everybody's squarely off the Deion bandwagon. And now for a second consecutive year, his team has been robbed. Last year, they were robbed in their own home locker room there in Jackson, Mississippi. This year, they're robbed at the Rose Bowl out in Pasadena, California. You know that Pasadena crime rate's got to be pretty high, but that's an example of the hype. And sometimes the hype 
doesn't live up to reality. And in this case, look, Dion's going to be just fine. And he's doing a great job. But he's already talking reboot, Jimmy. And I know that has to concern you coming off your career where you put the kids at the center of everything that you believe in. Well, it's it's so unfair. If you're an offensive lineman at the University of Colorado right now, and uh, and you're and you're fighting your butt off to protect to protect Shadur Sanders and and do the things that are right, and then your head coach is going to walk into a press conference and say that we're going to look to replace all of you right now. Well, you know how do you how do you feel good about going out and fighting for that program and fighting for that university? to play the best you could play. It all becomes personal. The team becomes secondary at that point. And I don't know, I've never been in a situation where individuals won games, teams win games. And if you look, and I'm going to use the NFL as an example right now, because who you select to be in your locker room and your 53-man roster in the NFL is so critical, so, so critical. And it is in at any level so your locker room and what happens in there because let's face it mike these guys don't they're not solid in there they're talking they're going to talk about hey what i like what i don't like hey well this butthole this i i don't like this guy i don't like that guy they're talking and guess what carries over to their mentality when you get ready to line up and play so you got to control the locker room number one and I'm not sure they, they're controlling the locker room very well at Colorado right now. We got all hyped up. The country got all hyped up because Colorado beat TCU. Well, TCU lost heavily from the year, for, year before, and they got humbled big time in the national championship game to Georgia. So how big was that win? I, you know, it's a, They're a four-and-four four football team. They're an average team right now. He, uh, they, they need to cultivate what's going on there. But let me say this, Dion. it's not for me to judge Dion. Dion says there's nobody that can judge him but the higher being. So I'm not judging you, Dion. Thank you. Well, I, he does seem to be pretty preoccupied with what people think for somebody who doesn't care what people think. But right. so Dion wants to reboot his offensive line already. And as we close out our pregame stretch right here, let's talk about Charlotte. Charlotte has won two games now. Congratulations to first-year coach Bit Bogey. But they've also angered him to the point that now he's starting to suspend players after losses. Jimmy, I've, I've, I've heard a lot of stuff in 37 years in pro and college sports. I've never heard of a college coach anywhere on any level suspending players for losses. Is that a common practice that I've just been blind to? Uh, Mike, I have absolutely never heard of such a thing in my life. Uh, and, the, and the thing that I've learned through this career, and fortunately I've been around really, really good people. I've, I've, worked, with, I've worked with three college football Hall of Fame coaches. So, uh, so I've been around some, some really, really good people. I, I, don't, I, I don't know where calling players out in the media has ever changed the attitude and has, has ever changed how they play. That's why, and I give Coach Brown a lot of credit right now. He he takes full responsibility for what's going on at the University of North Carolina. He and the staff take full responsibility. Mike Elko is doing the same thing. Dave Clawson is doing the exact same thing at Wake Forest. When you start blaming the players, then all of a sudden, 
especially publicly, you can, you know, when you get inside the family, when you get inside the family, that's a different story. We can speak honestly in the family, but when you start speaking outside the family now, I, you know, this, this game's all about trust also. And if you can't trust each other, then it's hard to be a unified group and play well on Saturday if you can't trust each other. And, and, you know, we, we talked about Charlotte, we talked about Colorado, and we left out the one school in the Atlantic Coast Conference that is going through this exact issue, and that's with a former teammate of mine, Pat Narduzzi at Pitt. I mean, you know, wow. I mean, I that's why I'm asking about the heat that these guys are feeling. I mean, you're, you're seeing some pretty unprecedented moves by these coaches. I mean, in this world of social media where the players bite, now the coaches seem to be almost on attack. I, I don't know. It'll be something I think we need to look at. But, I mean, the, the, I don't know why I didn't think about Pat Narduzzi earlier, but it just came to me in my head. So, um, yeah, man, it's a, it's a different age. It well, is a Pat, different age. And, and, well, as you know, Pat's a, Pat's a very emotional guy. Pat, Pat so. wears every emotion in his life on his sleeve. And if something rubs him wrong, he's going to tell you that it rubs him wrong. Does that, does that make him right? The answer is no. Does that, does that subject him to criticism? The answer is yes. But there are times, and, and I'm going to lead into this, and, and it may be a little bit out of, out of realm for me, but it's just like the, the, the controversy now between Dabo Sweeney and a fan calling in on the radio show that let's, questions let's, Dabo. Let's hold on for that. That's going to come up next in our first quarter. We just got okay. done with pregame, folks. Okay. Jimmy's ready to go. Jimmy's round up. So we're going to come back right here on Wild Dogs and Hogs with our first quarter talking about Dabo Sweeney and Tyler from Spartanburg. Oh, it could be WrestleMania time in the upstate. We'll get back with that after this right here as you're tuned in to Wild Dogs and Hogs on the North Carolina Sports Network. Okay, it's time for the first quarter here on Wild Dogs and Hogs on the North Carolina Sports Network. I'm Mike Waddell along with the coach, Jimmy Collins. And coach, it was Clemson head man, Dabo Swinney, earlier in the week on his call-in show. And he and Tyler from Spartanburg get into it. First, Tyler questions Dabo's competence, his loyalty, his overall intelligence, and his biblical scholarship which are things that I probably wouldn't want to test the second best coach, you know, by record at this point in the history of the Atlantic coast conference. I mean, the guy has done a pretty good job, but his skin was getting a little thin. And at some point, you know, we talked about it in various forums, coach, does it just come to the point that you just feel like you need to say it and get it off your chest and just move on about your day? Well, I admire Dabo for taking a stance, and uh, Tyler questioned him why why he thought 
he should be making the money that he's making and have a record of four and four. Tyler, they've had 12 straight years of 10 wins. Come on, my brother, wake up. Wake up at some point. You know, there's gonna be there's gonna be a, a step in the road sometimes. I, I admire Dabo. I can relate to that because we had 12 years at the University of Florida with Steve Spurrier. We won 126 games in 12 years, which is pretty darn good. I think that's uh, yep. does that not average out to 10.6 per year? Uh, we, uh, we, we won seven SECs and a national championship. Well, guess what? There came a point in time that it was not good enough. Winning was not enough. It was how well you played at that point in time. And that's okay. The expectations are there. But I do, I applaud Dabo for standing up and representing his program, representing his players, uh, he maybe went a little too far and attacked Tyler. All he needed to say was, all you got to do is look at the resume, Tyler. Just look at my resume. I was the lowest paid. Now I'm high paid. I've earned it. It, it probably averages out to a pretty good financial deal for Clemson. I think if, it, if I was Dabo, my answer would have been less than 15 seconds. It would have been, I work for Graham Neff, the director of athletics, and Jim Clements, the president at Clemson University. If you'd like to take up my performance review with, with them, by all means. Have exactly. exactly. Knowing both of those guys pretty well. Uh, I, first of all, Jim Clements could be the nicest college president I've ever been around. I mean, truly a down to earth, make you feel like you're the most important person in the world when he's with you. And let me, Graham, let me say this, Mike, yeah. if, if they get tired of Dabo, Dabo, <laughs> Dabo, will not have, Dabo will not have a hard time finding somewhere to, to finish his career. Or with the money that they owe Dabo, Dabo can sit back and become and do a radio and do a show just like we're doing right here or go into TV and laugh at all of them. So Dabo is be Dabo in the wild dogs and hogs. Exactly. <laughs> he may be replacing me. <laughs> never, never. But that is the end of our first quarter. Back next with quarter number two. And we'll talk about NC State's win over Dabo Swinney's team, the Clemson Tigers, this past weekend at Carter-Finley Stadium. And what's next for the Wolfpack of North Carolina State head coach Dave Doran that comes your way right after this here on the North Carolina Sports Network. Sport Clips is like no other place you've ever gotten your hair cut. Sports everywhere. TVs everywhere playing sports. And guy smart stylists who know how to give you the haircut you want and the haircut you need. You don't ever need an appointment. Walk-ins are welcome, and you'll walk out feeling like an MVP, guaranteed. Be sure to ask about the MVP experience, as it's something you just can't put into words. Awesome haircut, hot steam towel, invigorating shampoo, neck and shoulder treatment. It takes a haircut and turns it into an event. Sport Clips, a proud partner of the North Carolina Sports Network. Back here on Wild Dogs and Hogs, Mike Waddell along with the coach Jim Collins, and it's time for our second quarter. And all of a sudden, it's North Carolina State, Jim, that is really making a push. Big win, starting to get some confidence going right there after the very disappointing thrashing at the hands of the Duke Blue Devils. Now, all of a sudden, 
North Carolina State gets the win over Clemson. You know, there's a lot of winning going on there, not only on the field, but also in development. And also with that fan base, they're rabid, and they're really looking forward to the last part of this 2023 regular season. They have a shot at finishing 9-3. and three. Well, they do, and and it's interesting that last week's game was was the textile bowl, and, and coming from a family that that grew up in a mill village, I can I can relate to what that means, and uh, that means hard work. That means uh, working the uh, three to the three to eleven shift, the eleven to seven shift, or the seven to three shift. So. Evidently, NC State is working overtime right now, and they're doing quite well at, at doing that and uh, played great defense and scored enough points to beat the Clemson Tigers. And uh, I don't think you can count the Wolfpack out now because they've got that blue-collar blue mentality that will uh, will take them to, a, to the next level. You and I were talking about that, the very first edition of Wild Dogs and Hogs. The coaches that we liked in the state and why, and I think we both had the feeling that Dave Doran has built in his decade plus over in Raleigh, he has built a culture there of a team that likes to hit people, that likes to play physical. They may not be the flashiest. They may not have the most stars on their resumes coming in from the prep ranks. But North Carolina State likes to play football, and they're peaking or starting to crest, it would seem, at the right time this week against Miami they get a win there and people are really going to take notice then they come back against Wake Forest Virginia Tech two very winnable games despite Tech's record of late and then North Carolina on November 25th you know that that game is on everybody's mind right now because the Tar Heels can't lose three straight to the Wolfpack in state and keep their momentum going long-term in recruiting. And right now, Dave Doran's got to feel like he's on top of the world. Well, Dave Doran has uh, clearly stated how he feels about whether North Carolina State is a football school or a basketball school. And <laughs> and he let, he let Steve Smith uh, know that very quickly after the game on Saturday. But uh, they, they have to feel good about the way they're playing right now. And, and, and as, I, as I've, I've, I've told people uh, that I've, I've spoken with throughout, uh, the, the last three weeks of the season will be very interesting for a lot of teams in our state because you have our in-state matchups and all of a sudden the in-state matchups become very critical for where you're going to be bowl game-wise or if you're going to be in the championship talk. Uh, it, it, who would have thought a few weeks ago that NC State would be on the edge of having a chance to win nine games? Uh, but you can't count them out now. They're 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 playing they're playing really well at this point in time. NC State on the rise. We'll continue to talk college football here in the Old North State when we come back from this brief halftime timeout. We have the third quarter talking about Duke and Wake Forest and what they need to do down the stretch. And also in the fourth quarter, we're going to talk North Carolina football with the coach Jim Collins. I'm Mike Waddell. And this is Wild Dogs and Hogs on the North Carolina Sports Network. The oldest restaurant in New Hanover County has a brand new look, feel, and taste, making it the number one place for great food in Wrightsville Beach. Owner Jimmy Galise and his wife Keaton have poured their hearts and soul into the reformation of this North Carolina coastal classic restaurant, and the impact has been fantastic. King Neptune 
serves fresh fish, chicken, and steak, and has an amazing wine and spirits to lift your dining experience to make it the best at the beach. Come taste the creations of Chef Chavez, and you'll know that you have tasted a little bit of heaven right there in Riceville Beach. That's King Neptune. Call them at 910-239-3055 and make your reservation now. King Neptune in Wrightsville Beach, a proud partner of the North Carolina Sports Network. It's time for the third quarter here on Wild Dogs and Hogs. I'm Mike Waddell along with the coach Jim Collins. And, of course, it was Thursday night. It was Wake Forest playing Duke at Wallace Wade Stadium. Of course, this show comes out on Friday morning, but we taped it earlier in the week. And, Coach, Duke has really run on some tough times right now. Riley Leonard is still not 100% in the pocket, but even when he is in the pocket, he's just not finding that crisp running offense that he had early on in the season. What does Duke need to really focus on as they go down the stretch of this ACC season, including some very emotional games coming up for the Blue Devils? Now they do have some critical games down the stretch here, Mike, and, and the, the, the big issue, and you hear lots of coaches talk about this, and it's very, very important. Uh, they're not running the football the way they did earlier in the year. And the ability for your offense to stay on the field protects your defense. Uh, and in the last two games, the Blue Devils have had a hard time staying on the field. Uh, and part of that is the, the injury to Riley, et cetera. And it goes along with that. Uh, but they got to get back to being able to run the football and maintaining, uh, maintaining the possession time to keep their defense off the field because their defense is a little bit beat up. Their offensive line has been beat up a little bit. So the critical part for the Blue Devils is stay on the field offensively, rest your defense, go out on defense, stop the run, and be and be sound on defense. Uh, uh, the last three games are critical for the Blue Devils with Pitt, Virginia, and the University of North Carolina on that schedule. You've been at Duke a big chunk of your career. The Wake Forest and Carolina games, what do those mean to a Duke player? Oh, they're huge, without a doubt. And uh, uh, you're, you're, you're always, you're, you always talk about winning uh, within the big four. And obviously that's North Carolina State, North Carolina, Wake, and Duke. And you, you want to you win the big four. So you have the opportunity to do that. And Duke is looking at that opportunity right now and is that they still have they still have they beaten state, they have Wake to play, and they have North Carolina to play. So they could go three and oh and win the big four at this point in time. So that's what that's what I think Mike Elko is probably talking about with his Blue Devil team at this point in time. Those are huge games. Very big games right there. Of course, we're big Riley Leonard fans and Dwayne Carter fans and Mike Elko fans here at Wild Dogs and Hogs, so good luck to the Blue Devils down the stretch. When we come back, though, we're going to shift to that lighter shade of blue, the North Carolina Tar Heels, and what they need to do to get back on track, not only for Campbell this week, but for their own trinity of a challenge down the stretch of this 2023 football season. It's Duke, it's Clemson, and then the Wolfpack of NC State. That's the Trident facing Mac Brown and the Tar Heels. We'll talk about that next with Coach Jim Collins right here on Wild Dogs and Hogs. The original Saltworks has been serving the Wilmington area for over 50 years. 
Owner Bob Hubbard and his staff create a welcome atmosphere to go along with their home-cooked breakfast and lunch that simply cannot be rivaled anywhere in North Carolina. Eggs, waffles, hot dogs, crab cakes, and the best grits in the state. The original Saltworks, a proud partner of the North Carolina Sports Network. The fourth quarter here on Wild Dogs and Hogs. Mike Waddell along with the coach Jim Collins. And Jimmy, Carolina football back-to-back losses to double-digit dogs. Virginia at home on the road at Georgia Tech. It was like passing a kidney stone to watch that. I would imagine for you being a defensive coach, there wasn't a lot of defense by either the Yellow Jackets nor the Tar Heels. Well, it, it hurts to see because I, I I do have a connection with the Tar Heels because I was there the last two years and uh and and, uh, and I love the players there and love the coaches there to see them struggle, give up 240 yards rushing in the fourth quarter and uh, and to lose that game was was very difficult to watch. Uh, they uh, they have some challenges ahead of them. Obviously, they play Campbell this week, which should be. Uh, a chance for them to heal and, and to feel better about themselves and uh, to execute some things and, and, and just, and just, just come off the field and, and, and have a, have a good feeling leading into a critical three weeks, a home game against Duke uh, an away game against Clemson and an away game against North Carolina state. There's nothing simple about that there. You're going to have to play well in all three of those uh, so the challenges are out there for the Tar Heels. One of the myths that I pick up on social media from time to time, and it's not hard to find some crazy theories out there when it comes to coaching, is that North Carolina hasn't had a good defense. They can't build a good defense. They just try to outscore people. And, you know, if I'm thinking back, Mac Brown's last Tar Heel team had a pretty extraordinary defense in 1997 and i would remember at least at one point during the butch davis tenure and i believe coach blake was with him at the time that they had a pretty good defense at that point as well you may remember better than i but outside of that north carolina hasn't had that dominant type of defense really on a regular basis dating back to the late 70s early 80s dick crumb era of North Carolina football. So is that something that a school gets labeled, not necessarily a basketball or a football school, but an offense school or a defense school? Does it ever get that granular? Uh, you know, it can. You know, obviously you have the University of Florida and LSU that claim that they're that they're DBU at this point in time and and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, let, let's face it, this day and age in college football, it's hard to play defense. It's not, it's not easy with tempo and, uh, and, and all the things that people can do to you. It, it, it stresses you up one side and down the other. 
so so to have an extra, I wish I had an explanation for for why you give up 240 yards rushing in a in a quarter. I I really don't because they're 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 sound. Their philosophy is sound and all those things. But but all of a sudden you just can't, you just can't execute. Uh, it, it's uh. This game is very, very challenging at this point in time. And obviously, Gene and the staff at the University of North Carolina will uh, are burning the midnight oil right now, trying to find the reasons why they haven't accepted those challenges and trying to find a way to accept that challenge in the last three weeks or the last four weeks of the season. I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to exclude Campbell, but, you know, let's face it, you know, uh, we, we need to play really, really well, or Carolina needs to play really, really well against Campbell uh, but as we go down the road. I was going to ask you about that. So, look, the, the Camels are no joke. They have real players, and they have proud players. Their quarterback, Hodge Malik Williams, will test the North Carolina defensive backs because he's a really good passer, and he has some athletic, tall receivers. So Campbell is not going to be a raging joke, but North Carolina should win the game. Is this an opportunity? to give guys like Sed Gray and Rucker and Eccles and some of those guys in the, in the linebacking core after a lead is attained, maybe after the end of the second quarter, that maybe you're getting some other guys some time because the one thing that North Carolina has not done to any of their six consecutive wins to start the season was get any backup time of any creativeness uh, for their quarterback position. Outside of Drake May, nobody's played a meaningful non-victory formation, just handoff so we don't score any more points type of offense. I mean, can you use a game like this if you get a comfortable lead as just a bonus to play your second and third and plus teamers? Well, you hope you get uh, – you hope you execute and play well enough that you get the opportunity to do that, Mike. But I, I, I look back to the Wofford game a year ago that uh, – all of a sudden, the Wofford game turned into a much more difficult game than it should have been at that point in time. Wofford executed. We didn't execute. And I, and I use the word we because I was there at that time. I'm not, it's not we anymore It's uh, because I'm not there. But, it, but I still have that attachment to the players and, 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 what, and what they're trying to do. So it became difficult. Don't get me wrong. Campbell will come in and Campbell will fight their butt off and they'll, and they'll play as well as they can play. Yeah, it's, sure. it's big for them. It's an in-state. They're driving what? What is what it would take them? 40 minutes to get to, to, to Keenan uh, to play the game? 50 minutes at the most? Uh, so so there's, a lot, there's a lot of pride involved in that. Uh, but this game, this game should give Carolina the opportunity to play lots of players and, and get their confidence back and be able to execute the things that they need to execute to be solid down the last three games in the conference. And those are Duke. NC State and Clemson, not in that order. Clemson comes before NC State. Coach Jim Collins, he gets us through all four quarters like a champ. So we'll hoist you up on our shoulders and we'll ask you one last question. Okay. The one last question here on Wild Dogs and Hogs this week, Coach Jim Collins, the number is 30,000 over or under 30,000 for the North Carolina Campbell game this weekend. Uh, I will say slightly over 30, but not much over 30. Uh, I will no. say announce 49,723. Actual turnstile count, 
25,680. Well, that, of course, I, I think they, half full would be generous for this uh, game. A yeah, new they, game. Yeah. New. Uh, of course, it can be announced because all the tickets are sold. Right. It's a sellout already. So it, uh, and they're blue seats now. So it's going to look good on TV. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, uh, I, I, I'm going to, it'll be interesting to see as we watch it. I say over, I say over 30, uh, but, but short of 40. I, I think it's a tough situation to be in. I really don't envy the Carolina marketing staff to have to try to go out and really marshal the secondary market as they're going to have to do. It's going to be a tough, tough push out there. And, yeah. um, you know, that's okay. But we, we talked about this before, Jimmy. If you're a team and you're looking at the stands for motivation, you're probably not a winning team to begin with. I have a feeling Carolina is going to come out with a lot of a lot of gusto after a guy like Sed Gray gets up and says what he said after the game the other night. It just makes you love that kid. There, we we are blessed in life to have worked with some amazing kids. Cedric Gray is a pretty amazing young man. Oh, he's absolutely beautiful. There's no doubt about it. He's a great competitor and. And you you love coaching that kind of guy, yep. and and you you said it so well, Mike. It, it does not matter who's in the stands. You know, we played games with COVID. There was nobody in the stands. You know, who's gonna who was there to motivate you then? You had to go play, and you line up, and you play, and you and you play for the you play for your pride, and you play for the, your team, and you the guy beside you probably had more fun. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's in the stands. You know, sometimes they yell louder than than the other people. But hey, the bottom line is, I'm going to line up. I'm going to try to block you or tackle you better than you block and tackle me. It does not matter what that guy sitting in row 33 in seat seven has to yell. How much he yells it does not make a damn. <laughs> Very well put. That is Coach Jim Collins. I'm Mike Waddell. Thank you for tuning in this week. For another edition of North Carolina Sports Network's weekly college football show, Wild Dogs and Hogs.